stay tuned for the new normal radio hour. everyone. It's Wednesday, March 3rd. I'm Marianne Petrillo, CEO of West Business Development Center, and you're listening tonight to the New Normal Radio Hour. I'm happy to be back on air again. You may recall back in June, we did a six-part series on the impact of the pandemic in our economy. Our focus then was about how to rethink and reimagine our future. This month, we're back and we're celebrating Women's History Month with a one-year milestone marker for COVID upon us, it just seems only right to focus on some success in our economy today. And that success can be found in women-owned businesses. If there was ever a resilient group of entrepreneurs, it would be found in women. We're speaking tonight with three amazing women who have a long history in our county with entrepreneurship and have a clear and have clear memories of just how hard it was to challenge the status quo. As the saying goes, you can't keep a good woman down. My guests tonight embody what you need to succeed, creativity, curiosity, and gosh darn, refusal to fail. Before we get in, let me remind you that around 7.30, we'll open the phone lines for questions, so jot this number down, 707 895-2448. Let me begin by introducing our guests. Erica Fielder, a visual artist with 33 years of experience illustrating, researching, writing, and designing interpretive displays for sites throughout U.S. and overseas, including Van Dam State Park and the new 10 Mile River Trail. Many who are listening tonight might be familiar with Erica's work at the Noyo Headlands Park along the Ocean Bluffs in Fort Bragg. Thank you, Erica, for joining us tonight. Sheila Rogers is a pioneer in microenterprise development. As a Peace Corps volunteer, she worked with rural women artists in Ecuador to build a marketing cooperative and establish new markets for their products. She participated in national initiatives in DC to achieve best practices to, being disen to helping disenfranchised women in the economy and to advocate for public policy that supports their entrepreneurship. Sheila is also the founding CEO of West Company, near and dear to my heart, of course, in Mendocino County, one of the first domestic microenterprise development organizations in the United States that focused on low-income women's economic challenges and their path to social and economic well-being. And finally, we have Maggie Watson, an entrepreneur extraordinaire who has been building successful businesses tonight, since 1991. In 1992, after a trip to Bangladesh and visited to Grameen Bank, she joined the staff of West Company to develop innovative lending programs to enrich the lives of women business owners. She's a fiduciary and author of A Graceful Farewell, Putting Your Affairs in Order. 
Maggie was inspired to write her book after years of helping to prepare people for their last stages in life. Thank you ladies all for joining tonight and we're looking forward to this conversation. It's been a long and crazy year for all of us. We all know it. Uh, it's not too different for women sometimes because it feels like every year is an adventure and a journey. Um, but you all started your career in the 80s uh, quite some time ago. And you know you have uh, witnessed some tremendous changes in both entrepreneurship and approach to women and gender equity. Um, so let me take you back for a second to the 80s, you know, that stylish time of briefcases, shoulder pads, and big hair, <laughs> none of which we all have today. Um, and uh, let me open it, starting, of course, Sheila, with you, you know, talk a little bit about some of those early barriers. Well, you know, West Company was founded in 1988. Um, it was an early entry organization in responding to those barriers. And um, among those barriers were access to credit and networking opportunities. And I know that Maggie will expand on this conversation. But interestingly enough, in that same year, 1988, the U.S. Small Business Administration established the Office of Women's Business Ownership which is um, the, you know, the mother of uh, women's business centers. I was hired in 1989, um, the, the next year, and in 1990, West became one of those women's business centers. So that enabled our expansion to the coast and um, immediately established West as part of a national movement to support women in business as a credible economic engine. You know, private foundations, including the Ms. Foundation for Women and others, and some of the banks and all, uh, including the President of the United States, eventually were becoming clear advocates um, for this kind of effort to uh, help support women business owners. So. I mean, West was in the right place at the right time um, to create the dialogue and the relationships that were going to advance this agenda to ease those barriers. Um, for instance, as a founding member of the National and State Trade Associations, West was one of those um, microenterprise development organizations that was able to gain direct access you know, for instance, to the director of the Office of Women's Business Ownership. And and then and that woman, that same person, actually, was the one who subsequently moved to the White House when President Clinton became the president um, to continue that advocacy for women's business development. So um, the other thing was that in the original, you know, efforts of West Company to become a credible organization, the early private foundation funders were dedicated to supporting their grantees um, through peer learning. And um, so a small organization, a small rural organization like West Company was part of a really big national conversation. And those collaborative relationships 
um, led the way, I have to say. And they were largely the or the development of the organizations themselves was led by women. So it's a, a wonderful story. Um, so it's interesting um, because one of the things that you're touching upon, um, Sheila, is the um, challenges that women have for access and capital. And uh, Maggie, I hope your audio is working now and um, we can hear from you. That'd be great. Um, I I know and I said in my intro that you um, worked in the early days of grooming beginning. Um, I don't think our audience, not everyone in the audience might know what significance that has and, and uh, in terms of micro lending and the importance it is to women entrepreneurs. Do you want to talk a little bit about that experience and your background? The Grameen Bank? And just micro lending for, for women, um, I think, to, to really get access to capital, which was so hard. Yes, it was um, challenging all those years ago when women were not really seen as serious business owners necessarily, and that many of our businesses were looked upon as hobbies instead of actual endeavors that would bring an income and a sustainable income for us. So the micro-lending has to do with basically a, a, a broad worldwide concept that a small amount of money can actually make a huge difference for someone given at the right time for the right purpose with the right support. And the Grameen Bank was a model of Grameen Bank is a, a bank out of Bangladesh that I had the um, honor and the privilege of visiting and with a number of about 60 or 70 people from the United States and around the world in 1991, I visited to, to see what this concept was. And it was basically to join women together and men, but mostly women together in circles of support. And they would um, borrow money in pairs and then actually sign on each other's loans and we we brought this whole concept to to our county and we had a, we had circles here with united states um borrowers and they also had it in other different countries but it really offered a model of not just going before a banker and trying to prove your your business but to actually prove and develop your business with the support and the nurturing of for other women, or if we wanted to do just micro enterprise, which is the one-on-one -on -one lending, it still had that whole area of support that women really need and um, and benefit from. So that's the kind of the model that I got a chance to work with early on in my days working with um, the West Company. That's great. It's it's sort of the uh, low tech version of crowdfunding. <laughs> Crowdfunding without exactly. technology and without telephones and without, you know, anything except a piece of paper and a pencil. <laughs> uh, exactly. And, and just the power of support that women can can give to each other. Um, yeah. And, and of course, now Grameen is quite 
um, a well-established and very successful micro-lending agency, you know, all over the all over the world. Um, you mentioned something early uh, on in this, uh, saying how, you know, all too often, I think women of that time, what they loved was their hobby and could never be a business. And um, so, um, so let me ask our our creative visual artist here, you know, um, does she see herself as still doing a hobby after all these years, or you really do have a business, Erica? <laughs> really do have a business. And it, <coughs> excuse me, it wasn't, it, it, I don't think it ever was a hobby. I was very serious about studying art. I had a degree in art, but I was fascinated by nature. And I spent a lot of time educating myself about the natural world going to courses at UC Berkeley where I near where I lived and and pursuing these two pathways which never seemed to merge somehow I couldn't figure out did I want to um, hike in the woods or out in the desert or did I want to sit down with my easel and my pastels and paint a picture one was a little more passive than the other and I, my body wanted to jump up and run when I'm running, my body wanted to sit down and paint. So I could never quite blend those. And then I entered my actual profession of making interpretive displays kind of by, by a quirk. A door just opened to me. I was living on $300 a month, which people could do in those days. <laughs> I was living in a collective, which was at Jug Handle Farm and Nature Center. I was the resident naturalist there, one of them. And I decided, by a, a, a kind of circuitous route, someone called me, someone I knew, and said she'd been looking at government grants, and she found me the perfect opportunity to become to start blending my art and science and make interpretive displays for the California State Coastal Conservancy. So I called them up. They said, "Yeah, we we want you, and you're hired." And I said, well, what do you mean? You don't even know me. He said, we know you. We know your art. We know what you've done. I have no idea how they figured that out. But I got hired on the phone. I was the last person they interviewed. They didn't really interview me. And I was in. And I, then I sat down. Artists do this. I'm sure all of us as women have done this. Men too. But then I went, oh, my gosh, how do I make an interpretive panel? I have not a clue. So I, I don't even... I know what they are, and I've read some, but I have no clue. So I called up science friends, my dear friend Greg Grantham, who's recently passed, and uh, and um, other scientists, and did some research, found someone who could print these big boards for me. Um, Judy Dietrich helped with typesetting in those days, because I didn't know how to typeset in a machine or whatever she did. And we put something together, and I got them printed, and they got distributed throughout the entire coast of California by the Coastal Conservancy. So that was my start. It's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful story, and of course we all benefit from seeing that beautiful artwork uh, along our trails. And mm, thank uh, you. And so we're we're grateful to you, and uh, fortunate that that you were able to be selected in that way. It's it's very interesting to me, and you know when we talk about barriers um, for women back in 
in the 80s, there were significant hurdles, not just with access to capital, but also with gender bias that, you know, and that assumption that women could not take a leadership role into uh, into a business. Now, for a lot of times with artists, you know, it's it's their passion and their creativity that pushes them forward and ahead. But for others in, you know, non sort of, you know, female, you know, non-female roles, that was a really big uh, challenge. And I'm wondering, um, Sheila or Maggie, since both of you spent so much time actually talking to entrepreneurs, you know, are there any ones that you could recall that really tried to break barriers and enter into fields that maybe were not um, deemed um, appropriate for women to go into? Um, I'm sure that, that you've been exposed to, to folks like that. Well, this is Sheila. Um, I didn't work directly with our customers, but I do recall a number of them who had very innovative, specific target uh, customers for themselves. For instance, like a woman landscaper who decided that she was her customer, her best customer was going to be elderly women who used to be able to garden well and couldn't do it anymore. And she was going to be their, <laughs> their helper and, you know, things like that. I mean, that that's one of them, but there were so many diverse ideas. I mean, there were music therapists and art therapists and people who were doing incredibly innovative things they might or might not have necessarily been for for um, women uh, to be in, but the women were the right ones to do it, that kind of therapy, especially. I mean, and I'll stop there and let Maggie go because Maggie was much more in touch with um, customers that were developing businesses. I have to wrap my memory back to those days one one group of people that i remember are artists women artists potters ceramicists um, fabric art and just trying to make that move ahead um i remember a contractor in a man's world a woman contractor was someone who was moving forward I can't remember anything more, but one thing about that that I would say, Marianne, is that one of the barriers back then was that there weren't a lot of women business owners that could be models for us. We we were really, like you said, forward, forging a new path and not only going up, you know, against the whole lending world, but just the world in general of women taking their lives seriously and the things we do in our lives and introducing it to a community where it was not really heard of. So, um, so there was amazing women back then who really contributed to what we have now as a phenomenal group of women who do amazing work. And we didn't have computers. Right. 
Not at all. We didn't have computers at all. <laughs> at all. Yeah. And and one of the things, you know, that I believe you hit upon it, Maggie, is having those role models. Right? So you can actually mm -hmm. see what it was like and you hear them. And so one of the things, of course, you know, as much as we might complain about social media and society and the best pace of technology, it does bring to light for a new generation of women entrepreneurs. They can go out and they can find somebody in their field and they can read about them and they can hear about them and they can see their videos and they can, you know, go to events that have to do with them. Tomorrow, California is hosting a large gathering that celebration celebration of women entrepreneurs um, and many amazing women in all different fields and walks of life will be speaking at that. And that's something that I think a new generation um, really benefits from, from, from seeing it that I think, you know, 20, 30 years ago, it was really hard. And, you know, again, kudos to all of you for really forging ahead uh, during that, those times and introducing um, women to that uh, new opportunities. Um, you know, moving moving towards what's going on today, uh, whether it be on the political scene or just in terms of what COVID has brought us, one of the things that um, you probably have read and heard in the in the news is really about you know everybody is working from home and your children aren't able to go to school, so a lot of men are seeing what it's really like to actually work at home with. Children <laughs> it was one of the catalysts for a lot of women starting their own business, right? Um, I'm just mm -hmm. curious, you know, what you think about, you know, uh, you know, building the care economy and considering the care economy as part of the infrastructure now that we have to that we have to build into our society and into our policies. Um, any thoughts about that? paid leave, medical leave, access to affordable health care, all of those issues that really impact women um, today. Mm. Sheila, you worked a lot in Washington, D.C. back in the day. What do you think of I, what's going on today? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, say that again, please. Well, I'm just thinking, you know, years ago you worked in Washington uh, on policy issues. And here we are today, what, 30 years later, and we're still needing to march on Washington to get policy <laughs> issues for women in the care economy. You know, that, that's a, yeah, that's quite a conversation to have, actually, um, because it was so important for me to have so many um, national, I mean, this was a national movement around women's economic self-sufficiency. For one thing, I remember conversations about what are we doing here? Are we creating businesses? Are we uh, alleviating poverty? And everybody said, uh, yeah, we're trying to do both of those things. And so basically the whole movement was so critical to um, being in Washington. I mean, 
this is a sidebar for sure, but when that January 6th thing happened, um, I was talking to some colleagues of mine from the olden days, and one of them said, we used to be in Washington every other day, you know, connecting with our legislators and our congressmen. We were there because it was extraordinarily important for them to hear our voices, and it took a bit. But actually, there were so many of us that they couldn't avoid us. I mean, in the end, I think that may be true. Um, there's some very funny little sidebars to that, too, about what it took when we insisted upon things. But it's really uh, important that women, with the support of a, a number of men, but women were in the... Um, really leadership roles of talking to women about what they needed to be in business mm -hmm. successfully and to transfer that information to legislators who would create things that we needed to have created. And um, we were never going to give up. So maybe that's part of... You know, it's like it's part of social change for sure, but it's also part of women knowing what it would take. And there was so much creativity in the whole arena of women creating businesses. So I, I think I'm like trailing on here. You you got me going, Marianne. But yeah, well, you know, it's a, it's a very interesting topic. And, and caregivers, whether they're caring for the young or the elderly, are important positions to our society and to our economy. And I think, I think one of the things that COVID has taught us is just how uh, essential they are to our economic well-being. Um, well, and it's absolutely true. It really is absolutely true that this growth of women-owned businesses really took off, and it was startling. You know, here at home, I remember when West Company was created, there were so many detractors. Like, I think Maggie sort of alluded to this. It's like they just think there's, they're just going to be making doilies or something. I don't know what they thought. But there were, you know, it was sort of urgent to help create meaningful um, opportunities for women to get into business. And it, it had been prohibitive. It was not easy. I mean, even when Welfare to Work came about, West Company was in the, in the, front of um, creating uh, opportunities to also include women's business ownership as an alternative to a low-wage job. So mm -hmm. uh, let me just do a quick intermission. Uh, if you are just joining uh, us, I'm Marianne Petrillo, CEO of West Business Development Center, and you are listening to the New Normal Radio Hour. Our topic tonight is on transformation happening for women who own businesses. And my guests are Erica Fielder, visual artist, Sheila Rogers, retired entrepreneur, retired microenterprise development specialist, and Maggie Watson, author and entrepreneur. If you would like to ask a question or share some experience you've had uh, in the 
days to go trying to start your business, please call us on the phone line now. It's 707-895-2448. Thank you. Um, so Maggie, um, thoughts about some of the new types of businesses that are coming out and you yourself have, uh, I, I don't want to, I, I love this term and I, I try not to overuse it, but you know, there's people who are serial entrepreneurs. They start, you know, they do one business and they do it for a while and then they're like, okay, now I think I'll do something else. And then they start, and, but they have that entrepreneurial spirit. And I always think of you uh, with that. Um, oh, we have a call. Can you hold that thought? I'd like you to expand on it, but let's take our first caller. Go ahead. Hello. Hello, this is Catherine Rudica calling from Mendocino. Can you hear me? Yes, we can, Catherine. Hi. Well, Hi. first of all, I wanted to thank you for doing this topic. Um, I totally related to it because I started my own business originally in 1980 and my 20s and was one of only two women I knew who had a business. <laughs> so it was, it, I can completely relate to this whole journey. I'm calling now because I wanted to share a resource with your audience, which is Coast Women in Business which is affiliated with the West Center. And I wanted to tell you about a great panel we have coming up of national people on podcasting, how to use podcasting to market your business, creative work, or a good cause. And it's going to be on Thursday, March 11th, from 8 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. And I can uh, go, you can go over to, coastwomeninbusiness.com, we have to link the event page to it. There is an event page, and it's about to be linked, or just get on our newsletter list. And you have to pre-register because it's on Zoom. But we're going to have uh, nationally notable people as presenters, four of them. So it's going to be an outstanding program. Fantastic. Thank you, Catherine, for calling in. That's Catherine, I think it's yes. um, Pacific time. There are people from yeah, all over who listen time. now, and we need to say Pacific Time. Oh, that's true. <laughs> to 9.30 a.m. Pacific. Pacific Time. Excellent. <laughs> and and Erica and Maggie and uh, actually Marianne have all been members of Coast Women in Business. So I encourage you to go over to coastwomeninbusiness.com and check out our website and it's uh, the membership now is free for this year because of COVID. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And, you know, it goes speaks again to the power of networking. That's what we're talking about. So, Maggie, um, please continue your, your thought and we'll wait for the next call in. So, um, Marianne, can you repeat the question? It had to be do with serial be, being a serial entrepreneur right. yeah the the thought and especially for someone like you you know people start businesses and they have this sort of energy inside them that really you know thrive on building something from nothing and and i think that's that's like the quintessential entrepreneurial spirit is that you have that creativity but you also are just 
but you get great joy in building something, uh, you know, that isn't there now. And I'm just wondering, because of your experiences and having done many different things, I think, in your career, you know, what that feels like today, you know, with so many opportunities like podcasting <laughs> that we just talked about to, to get the information out. Right. Well, one of the things that I think is really important to affirm is that women do business differently than men. We, we have to follow the rules that men that are out there to follow with profit and loss and balance sheets and knowing how to read, read and do financials. But there's a piece of what we bring to any of our work that really comes from a much a, a deeper, for me anyway, a deeper place of service. And all of my businesses that I've been involved with, including the solar business, really comes and gets, comes down to that it's about service and about what the reception is on the other end with our customers. Not to say that this isn't critical for men to think about, but we just come at it from a different place. And jumping at opportunities, seeing what's missing and filling in where things are missing is another aspect of what I have done in my entrepreneurship. Also, paying attention to what other people say is needed and then seeing if it fits into what my goals or my vision of myself is has been critical to the success that I have. And, um, and interestingly enough, most of those ideas of what would be good for me or what would be a good place where I could fit in have come from other women. Excellent. Mm. Well, well said. I understand we have a call and I'm going to follow up Erica with you because Maggie brought up really good points that I think relate strongly to your world, which is developing relationships, listening, and then bringing yourself to the table. But let's take the caller. Hello. Yes. We're here at the normal radio hour. Okay. Uh, thanks for your great program. This will be quick. Uh, my wife and I came to Mendocino County in 1967 with the purpose of starting up our own business, and we ran it for 33 years very successfully, and um, we were absolutely co-equal business partners, and the whole thing worked beautifully. And so I'll, I'll just uh, mention that, <laughs> and then also... Uh, what you're doing, what West Company and, and your program and everything is doing uh, obviously fits into the much larger picture of creating gender equity in the country and the world. So thanks for a great program. Thank you, oh, sir, for, for calling and bringing up really the cornerstone of, you know, where we need to be in the future. And uh, you and your wife are both lucky individuals to have that built that partnership. So uh, it is so essential for men to be partners with women in these businesses uh, because you each bring, as Maggie just said, bringing something to the table is very unique of what a woman brings to the table and complementing that with a man's perspective also 
builds and forges really amazing businesses. So, um, so thank you for sharing that. Uh, that's a very, very, very profound. Yeah, I, I might also mention that my grandparents ran a children's summer camp over in the San Joaquin Valley for many years, starting in 1925. And by golly, that was a co-equal <laughs> partnership in many, many ways, too, although my grandmother and then my aunt, who uh, took over when she retired, uh, they were the real linchpins of, of that business. And it was mm -hmm. very, very successful. It be became uh, one of the leading children's summer camps in Northern California. So there's uh, that just occurred to me. I thought I'd throw that in there, too. So That's thank you very great. much. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Um, so, Erica, I know that you and your husband also co-create on businesses. And, uh, you know, we, we are talking about that, you know, building relationships, building, you know, understanding each of differences and, and building together. What, what is that like? Well, from experience, before Larry was my husband, I'd had a number of experiences running businesses with men and I just, it just didn't work. I mean, the way I came to it and the way my partner came to it at the time, there was a lot of conflict. And so Larry and I have a really wonderful relationship anyway. It's very solid and very honest and transparent. And I, although I, I'm listed as a co-owner of Chubby's Shared Use Kitchen, and Rising Tide Sea Vegetables, he really runs it, runs both of those. However, I give lots of advice <laughs> because I am an artist and very creative and think a lot about those businesses because I love them. I really have a lot to give. <laughs> and he, he puts, he takes it in. It's not that I shouldn't have said he puts it up, puts up with it because he, takes it in, evaluates, and we have long conversations about his business. And even though I'm not working in his businesses right now, um, I feel very much a partner and very much free to make my ideas heard. But joint, starting my own business is, has been really thrilling. And you mentioned something about having long experiences with clients and needing to really listen, which is so true. Some of my clients have, all of my clients are repeats in one way or another, which is astonishing to me. Um, I've done some advertising. The minute I advertise for new clients, someone I know calls me up from, you know, Wisconsin oh. or, mm -hmm. or uh, Southern California or wherever I've been before. And it's a joy to be back with those people. Sometimes our projects last years. And so, yeah, but, but the project we're working on actually can last several years. Wow. I'm working on one right now locally that has been going on for well over two years. And, you know, it, it's relationships can get a little strained. Things can get a little tense. But we keep plowing ahead. And interestingly, almost all my clients are women. <laughs> and they come from state park interpreters or directors or managers and superintendents. 
Great. And just about I think, an hour I think we have another call. Is that right? Nope. Okay. Um, call back. Call back. Feel free. Uh, let me give the number again. Uh, it's 707-895-2448. Um, so I, I'm curious, um, you know, one of, I, I, I found the statistic and, and I thought I'd share it, um, that today 15% of the world's wealth is held in the hands of women today. But they are expecting and anticipating that in the year 2030, 55% of the wealth will be in the hands of women. Wow. Hmm. Uh, which is pretty significant. Uh, and that's for a variety of reasons, uh, both in the developed world and, and, uh, and third world countries and the changes of birth rate and, you know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and stuff. Um, but it's an interesting statistic, statistic. And one of the things that I'm thinking about, and I'd like to, you know, ask this, uh, Maggie, of you, because maybe with people that you have worked with in the past, and also I think uh, this question could be to Sheila too, in terms of on the policy level and, you know, when you're working with uh, government entities. Um, there seems to be an uncomfortableness for women about building wealth. And I'm just wondering what, if you still see that, is that, was that something that was really happening 30 years ago and over time that has changed? But really the whole idea of money and relationship to money, I think has truly changed over time. But I don't know, what do you, what do you uh, think, Maggie, given your experience? Marianne, do we wanna take that call? before I answer? Yes, that would be great. Uh, I just noticed that, that it came through. Thank you, Maggie, and we'll come back to that. Caller? Hi, is that Hi. me? Yes, it is. You're oh, on the new normal Hi radio. There. This is Tony Orans, another another serial uh, entrepreneur. <laughs> great, welcome. Um, I, do, I know Maggie. Hi, Maggie, and I know Erica. Hi, Erica. And Hi. I've been listening and enjoying enjoying the show. It's terrific. I just tuned in about 15 minutes ago or so and just wanted to um, just say that I think for women today who are wanting to start their own business to follow the magic in their heart. And I knew that that's what's always been a driving force for me is just connecting with what it is that totally turns me on to the point of elation and excitement to like overflowing and and going after it and that's that's what's so important to me in any case and what's really been helping me to thrive and sometimes that's not always so easy to do but i think if one has that inner inner sense of what their passion is all about then then one can do it um, and, and, and just get past all the obstacles that will inevitably present themselves regardless. Mm -hmm. good, good words of wisdom. Thank you. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, we appreciate the call. Great. Thank you. And I appreciate the show. Thank you, everyone. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So Maggie, thoughts on um, 
women's approach to wealth building. One of the things in the early days that made a huge difference for the women that were involved is financial literacy classes. It was introduced in the early 90s to a large group of women that came through West Company. And I remember myself and the women in the classes being blown away by the information because it was the first time many of us were even close to having those concepts presented. And being part of West Company on and off through the years and the women's business, well, Women's Coast Business Network, it still is an issue. Women shy away, for whatever reason we do, of having wealth. We are worried about how much we charge. We're worried about telling people about anything to do with our business finances. And I think, I don't know what the answer is there, but I think it's a barrier that we still face and something that would be great to work on. And it looks like we have another call. Caller? Hello? 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 You're on the New Normal Radio Hour? I guess that's me. Yes, it's you. Go ahead. You have okay, a question. great. <clears throat> Do you mind if I plug my uh, cousin's uh, business down in Noyo Harbor, uh, Prince's Seafood? Ah, girl. ah, seafood. Three wonderful <laughs> women started that company. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm I surrounded thought, by I women and, and I'm really blessed. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you're hankering for fresh seafood, uh, go see Heather. And uh, if you're looking for a, a job and you're um, you've got uh, blood in your eye and you want to go fishing, I'm sure she could find a place for you. Well, let me uh, let me offer Heather uh, a spot on our March 17th radio program to talk about how she started her business because our next our next uh, episode is going to be exactly that about women who are doing really unique things in our county. So um, please take my phone number down and have her follow up with me because we would love to, to hear well, this. Well, you should follow up with her because she doesn't know I'm calling. Maybe you should explain a little bit to our listeners exactly yes. what she does. Because Please. she's just oh, well, here a lot of us. An ancient uh, fisherman family that's here from Boston. And Todd uh, Fisherman and uh, The not working well. Um, say that again. The connection is not well, working well. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that any better? Yes. Okay, well, <laughs> only a couple of degrees makes a difference, I guess. But anyway, it's, um, you know, she just comes from a long line of fishermen and uh, highliners and West Coast stars. And it's an all-girl crew. And my daughter just moved out there to Fort Bragg from San Francisco. And, uh I got a sneaky suspicion they're going to do okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, well, thank you for calling, and uh, Princess Seafood, yeah, thank you. Royal Harbor. It's it's a great uh, it's a great place, and uh, women owned and women run, and uh, lovely lovely to have the call. Thank you very much. No problem. Thanks. Bye. So um, we are getting towards the end. We're going to uh, probably take a couple more calls if we can fit that in. Um, but one thing I wanted to highlight is, of course, on Monday uh, is International Women's Day. Uh, we do we have been doing celebrations at West every year uh, for that particular day. Um, what's I think interesting, and I'm going to read this because this is a little tagline about uh, how they're celebrating it this year. It's really about um, challenging, challenging yourself to do more and to do different. A challenged world is an alert world, and from challenge comes change. So let's all choose to challenge. How will you help forge a gender-equal world? Celebrate women's achievements, raise awareness against bias, and take action for equality. I think those words are really very interesting for the times in which we live, because we are, first of all, in a challenging decade, a challenging time ahead. Um, but we have to challenge ourselves. And I would love to hear from each of our speakers, uh, just in closing, you know, a little bit about how you challenge yourself and how you, what you would say to the next generation. So we have one more caller that we're going to try to squeeze in. But then if my speakers could um, be prepared to answer that question, that would be great. Caller? Yes. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me okay? We can hear you fine. Great. You well, question? this is Taylor, and I'm a local entrepreneur also. I also know Maggie and Erica. And my husband, Greg, um, handed me his phone and said he would like me to um, read this to you all. Um, he would love to thank Maggie and the West Company that was then new for helping him get his landscaping business off the ground in 1992. She was very professional mm -hmm. and encouraging to me when I didn't have a clue about business. So um, this is from Greg to you, Maggie. And just to, I don't know, to show the point that women helping women, but also women helping men and just our unique way of doing business, um, you know, we it, it's all a good collaboration. And I myself really want to thank the West Company as well because when I wanted to purchase an existing business that a woman had started back in 1988, Roxanne Vold, a shout out to her, and um, uh, Nancy um, Banker helped me from the West Company to look at logistics and, and viability and just help me do charts and figure out if it was a, a possibility for me to do and really encouraged me. And I dove in and I, I just have had this business for 10 years and it's a thriving concern and my my aim is when I retire then to have some another young woman take it over, possibly a woman of color or an underserved person that could then become more and more financially independent, which I have been able to do through this business. I own a store in Mendocino, and I realize there's about 90% of the shops in Mendocino are owned by women, which I think is kind of mm. interesting. Mm. Um, restaurants and shops, so they're... But thank you all for being the pioneers of making it possible for women like me to, to come in and become independent, financially independent. So 
Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Taylor. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, so who shall we start with? Shall we start with Sheila? Any uh, thoughts on closing remarks about the challenge that faces today and what you would share with us? Well, and every single day, um, you know, as far as certainly as far as business development, I would say believe in your dream and also don't be afraid to ask for help to get there. I'll segue into that because I'm asking for help from the West Company a lot. I attend lots of their wonderful um, webinars, and I really recommend every listener from Tennessee to Ashland and beyond to joining some webinars at some point because they truly are professional and fabulous um, and free now that COVID is with us for at least as long as it's around. Well, not that. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have to start making money sometime. Um, my challenge is to constantly, continuously put this pressure. I see my foot on the pedal of the car, gently pushing myself into bigger and bigger projects. And next week I have a interview with um, a colleague and I put in a bid on a really big project. So I've got a woman next to me working with that who's very much familiar with this bigger project system, but I'm working my way up into it. So this is good. Thank you, Erica. Thank you, Sheila. Maggie, any closing thoughts? One thing that I'm challenged by or wanting to put out there is take on what you're nervous about. If it really will build and develop where you want to go, take it on. And take it on with gusto, take it on with joy, take it on with the nervousness that you have. The other thing is find a mentor. As a professional fiduciary right now, early on, I have had mentors and I've chosen women because I really wanted them to understand where I'm coming from. I have mentor men, but it's a different thing. And then the other piece of it is then give the gift of you being a mentor to someone else. Because I find that in my mentoring other people, I learn so much about myself and about the business I'm in that it's just astonishing. Fantastic. Well, definitely words to, to live by. Believe in yourself, take it on, and building those connections and supporting each other. It's what we all must do. Um, you have been listening tonight to the new Normal Radio Hour. This month, we are in a three-part series celebrating Women's History Month. Coming up on March 17th, on the new Normal Radio Hour, we will talk with a new crop of innovators currently in business in Mendocino County and discuss how they use the latest digital tools to crowdfund, to influence buyers, and to use data to capture global audiences. One of our guests will be Anna Burkash, who will talk about her new apparel line called Chick Fly, Pants with a Fly for Women on the Go. 
And we'll also speak with a younger generation of winemakers on the success of their social media strategies. So I want to thank this wonderful group of women tonight for joining me. I, it really has been an honor. I know all of you, of course, personally, but and professionally. And, um, you know, you are, you know, the shoulders on which I stood on when I first came into this community and tried to figure out what am I inheriting? So thank you. Thank each and every one of you for all you have done. Erica Fielder, visual artist and designer. Check out her work on many of our state and national trails. Sheila Rogers, you are the godmother and the originator of successful micro-enterprise development in our county and should always be uh, uh, proud of that fact. If not for you, I probably wouldn't be here <laughs> doing the work that I'm doing, so you're always an inspiration. And of course, Maggie Watson, you're an entrepreneur and a leader helping so many people in our community make good choices, and we want to thank you for that. I'm Marianne Petrillo, CEO of West Business Development Center. As many of you have said, we are here providing free business advising and training on all aspects of business development. So no matter what part of the entrepreneurial journey you may be on, we can help you get to the next level. Give us a call anytime at 707-9647571 or check out our website at www.westcenter.org. It's been a delight to be your host this evening. You can find an archive of the show and all of our programming online at jukebox.kzyx.org or on our homepage at kzyx.org. Many thanks tonight to Eddie Hale, who has been our engineer. We greatly appreciate it, and we greatly appreciate all the people who called in today. Have a good evening, everyone, and uh, don't forget, celebrate Women's History Month and International Women's Day on, May, on March 8th. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willetson Dukayan 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening. Oh,